This is Trek FM. Helling frequencies open. This is your Trek FM Hyper Channel for Friday, June 13th, 2014. I'm Christopher Jones, and we have two stories for you today. Is Lowe's developing holodeck technology? And Elachi Alert returns for a limited time in Star Trek Online. First up, it sounds like something straight off of the Enterprise D, but apparently Lowe's, the hardware and home furnishing chain in the United States, is developing a holodeck like technology, shall we say, that helps people figure out how they're going to complete their home or handle a home improvement project. This was reported by Singularity Hub. And it seems that the way this will work is that customers use an iPad application to spec out the room that they're remodeling, or I guess a room they're building if it's a new home. And they select products from the Lowe's catalog to put in the room. And then using this app, they can actually make the objects appear in the model of the room, and they can move them around and they can delete them until they get everything just the way they want it. And of course, that doesn't sound so unique, right? I mean, there have been applications, and in fact, 3D applications for many years where you can do landscaping and interiors and such. But the next step is what sounds very unique. After all of that is in place, the customer can actually step into the hologram space. And this consists of walls with grids on them that the phone uses to track the placement of things. And it uses a technology that's kind of like Google's Tango. And then when customers leave the store, they get a link to a 3D image of that room that they've just created. And then they can show that to their friends or show it to their family or go home and review it. So it, it, it's almost like initial holodeck technology for home decorators, I suppose. Kyle Nell, who is the executive director of Lowe's Innovation Labs, which is the division of Lowe's that created this. And in fact, this project, which they call Hollow Room, is the first project from the Innovation Labs. And Nell said, we know that for many homeowners, the struggle to visualize a completed home improvement project or to share that vision with others can stop a project in its tracks. The Hollow Room is our solution to that problem. He has a really good point here because... I know from personal experience, both having a home that I bought that was already there and then moving in and refurbishing the rooms and just making the house my own, different things that we did, that takes a leap to visualize how it's going to look. Beyond that, the house that I am in right now, I designed this house and I had this house built and we did the the blueprints and everything, of course, with an architect so that the house doesn't fall down <laughs> after it's put up. But, you know, we designed the rooms and how everything is positioned and trying to visualize what that was going to look like in three dimensions when it was finished was a big challenge. Even for me as a designer, I'm used to visualizing things as a creative, but you really want to be able to see them. So this is a really, really cool idea. Now, we don't have Lowe's in Japan, where I am, so I won't be able to try this out firsthand. 
if I could, if I were in the States, I would definitely go in just to see what this is like. I would love to know from you guys listening who are in the States how this works. Go to a Lowe's near you if this is available or when it becomes available in the stores. Go try it out and let us know how it works. It sounds really, really interesting. And I have to say it definitely does seem to be Star Trek inspired. I know you can say that, well, you know, other stories have used things like this in the past in science fiction, but really, it's the holodeck. I just hope Barclay doesn't work at Lowe's because I'd hate to walk into the store in the middle of the night and find out what's going on in there when he has his own personal use of the hollow room. So the original hollow room will be in Toronto, but they are going to be building similar rooms in other stores. And they say the cost is relatively low for them. So that's that's pretty cool. It utilizes 3D scanning methods that they say work really well for metallic objects and matte paint and have been developed to create augmented reality display systems from scratch. So it looks like this could be something for Home Depot to look into so they can, you know, keep up with the lows. Like I said, let us know what you think if you're in Toronto and you get to see the first one or as these come into stores near you, let us know what you think about it. I'll put a link in the show notes over to singularityhub.com and you can go check that out. The next story is for you Star Trek Online players out there. And for this weekend only, STO is bringing back the very popular Alachi Alert event. It's Alachi Alert Weekend, running now through Monday, July 16th at 10 p.m. Pacific. Your mission is to close these doors to subspace and receive bonus mark rewards. Now, if you play STO, you'll be familiar with these gates that appear in space. Well, they're, they're back, and a fleet that includes science ships has gathered to close the gates. But they need you to protect them while they complete their mission. So captains in STO are being called upon to come, protect the fleet, close these gates to subspace, and by doing so, you will be able to earn a 50% bonus to mark rewards over the course of this weekend. And these rewards include the fleet mark package, Task Force Omega mark package with daily bonus marks, new Romulus mark package with daily bonus marks, Nucara Strike Force, Dyson Joint Command, and 8472 Counter Command mark packages, all with daily bonus marks. So log into STO right now, and if you're not already playing the game, it's free to play. So go over to StarTrekOnline.com and download it, put it on your computer, get your ship and go in. And if you're in the game, just look for the Alachi Alert queue and take advantage of this weekend and these bonus rewards. Now, I also have some feedback from our last two shows that I would like to share with you here before I get to our network update. And this feedback is from listener Rebecca Skipper, who says she's located on Vulcan. Rebecca is a longtime listener to the network. I I know we have had feedback from Rebecca for quite a few years now, in fact. So, Rebecca, thanks for listening for so long, and thanks for sharing your thoughts. Rebecca first mentioned the Axenar trailer that I talked about, and she said it's a wonderful production, and I can't wait to see the movie. Although I am visually impaired and can't see the visuals, I think Tony Todd's acting is great. I'd like Paramount and CBS to take notice 
fan films may upstage Paramount's work for good reason. And boy, those sound like fighting words there, Rebecca, <laughs> depending on who's listening to you say that. But I do agree with you. Uh, what they have done with Axanar is amazing. And Paramount and CBS both really should notice what is being done by fans and how good it is, how it shows the hunger fans have for a new series and shows the capabilities of people putting this together. In the case of Axanar specifically, Alec Peters and Robert Meyer Burnett and Tobias Richter and Tommy Kraft, who also worked on the visuals there that Tobias did, and also the actors who were involved here, J.G. Hertzler, Tony Todd, Richard Hatch, Gary Graham, these people can produce brilliant Star Trek. So please do take notice. We want Star Trek back on television. Now, the next thing that Rebecca mentioned is really what I wanted to get into here. She says, I'd also like to comment on your segment concerning diversity in Star Trek. Diversity, in my view, is more than just about a character's lifestyle. You will have fans that may feel uncomfortable with different views. Television, regrettably, isn't always the best media for promoting new ideas and great character development. Yes, gay characters are on mainstream media, but this does not mirror reality. Consider all the hate crimes we see and how our country is polarized. If CBS does create a series about a gay character, it will make headlines. Our shallow media won't focus on the storylines or even any of the ideas presented. And yes, Rebecca, I agree with you completely. Yes, diversity goes way beyond just sexual orientation or lifestyle. I mention those specifically because that's the area where, especially when past Star Trek was made, that's the area where there seems to be the most discomfort on the part of the studios to give us that on television and actually address it. Other diversity, like the fact that you're visually impaired, which I know a number of people who are, and they're just as capable as any of the rest of us to do the same things that we do. And so that's diversity as well. But those are things that television will tackle. You know, we, we had it with Jordy. He can be an engineer of the flagship, but yet he can be blind. But he has a way that he can interact with the environment through his visor. We've seen on DS9, we had Melora who couldn't walk in normal gravity. And so she had to be in the wheelchair, but she could still do her duties as a science officer, for example. So there are lots of these, but sexual orientation seems to be the thing that just really sets everyone off. And so that is where it is commonplace on television shows today. But I think you're right that what Hollywood does in that respect does not mirror the reality of society as a whole. The entire society is not as accepting of that aspect of diversity as Hollywood is, or as studios are today, or as writers are. And I think you're right. Now, when I said I think there will be a gay character in the next Star Trek series, I don't mean that they will make a series about a gay character. I just mean that one of the characters in the show probably will have that sexual orientation. And it will simply be part of the characterization of the character. It won't actually be what defines the character. 
and it won't be what defines the show. It'll just be a way of showing that there are all kinds of people. And if Star Trek embraces diversity, you know, the principle of Idic, then yes, that should be there. But I agree with you that the media will focus on that. It will make headlines for that reason. In fact, it made headlines when Enterprise was being created because there was this rumor that got out that Malcolm Reed was going to be a gay character. And I believe it was actually mentioned on the cover of TV Guide or another entertainment magazine anyway. And and that wasn't the case. But even then, yes, the media jumped on it. And so the media will most definitely jump on it. You're absolutely right. And it's a shame because the point you're getting to here, I know, is that they will fail to see the actual message of the shows because they'll be so locked in on this particular aspect. And that is a fear that I have as well. So we will see what happens. But yeah, the media is shallow. They do look for stories that they can sensationalize and they do miss the point of so much. And that's just rampant throughout news in general these days. So so you're right. Rebecca goes on to say, Diversity is more about ideas on how we approach life and different issues. In Enterprise, we see how Earth overcomes its own phobias. Kirk struggles with his prejudices against the Klingons. Of course, that's in the Undiscovered Country. And Deep Space Nine may have used the trill to explore bisexuality. If you want to see diversity in Trek, check out the fan films, including Hidden Frontier. Please do not rely on executives alone to continue the excellent traditions of Star Trek. Yeah, I think you make wonderful points, Rebecca. I do agree with you on all of those points. So thank you so much for taking the time to write in to me and to share your thoughts on that. I really appreciate it. And I hope everyone listening also enjoyed hearing Rebecca's thoughts on that. And let me know what you think as well. I mean, this is a hot button issue, I know. And some people get offended by it, on both sides, actually, depending on how you approach it. And and I just hope everyone as Star Trek fans embraces the, the principle of Idic and the idea of diversity here. And I do hope that Hollywood and the writers will as well, and the media will also when the next Star Trek series rolls around. Now, I do have a network update for you to wrap up the show here today. It's Friday, which means Enterprise and Warp 5 as well as the work of Trek creatives beyond Star Trek on Commentary Trek Stars. On this week's Warp 5, I break a bit with our normal format, and instead I share with you a past Ready Room discussion from early 2013 about the episode Unexpected. The reason I did this is that I have often referenced this particular episode of the Ready Room as I talk about things on Warp 5. It's an episode where we talked about Unexpected, And we were joined by Dave Rossi, who was associate producer on Enterprise. And I wanted to share some of the other ways with our Warp 5 listeners how we talk about Enterprise on the network, because this discussion actually predates the creation of Warp 5. And so I have a lead-in and I have a closing, but in the middle, you will hear that feature, which you may have not heard before. And even if you have, it's been so long ago, you probably don't remember it very well. So tune into that and listen to me along with Dave. 
And we're also joined by Matthew Rushing, who is my co-host from Literary Treks and the Orb, Standard Orbit co-host Drew Stewart, and our news editor, Mariel Kiran. On Commentary Trek Stars, Mike and Max return to the work of John D.F. Black for the first time since John joined them on the show to talk about the original series last November. He joined along with Mark Cushman and with his wife, Mary. This time they look at Black's 1974 Wonder Woman pilot, which starred Kathy Lee Crosby and directly preceded the successful 1975 series that we all know, starring Linda Carter. Now, John does not join Mike and Max on this show. This is just them talking about his work. But if you're interested in what Black has done outside of Star Trek, this will be a great episode for you to tune into. You'll find both of these episodes in your feeds right now if you subscribe to the individual feeds for Warp 5 or Commentary Trek Stars, or to the Trek of Film Complete Master Feed. You can also catch it through your favorite podcast source, whether that's iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, Swell, Blackberry, or SoundCloud, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Just look up trek.fm or the name of the show, and you'll find us there. And you can, of course, go to our website and stream from the webpage, or grab the RSS link and put that into your favorite podcatcher application. Well, that's our look at the news for today. I would also like to thank our news writer, Mike Poteet, for helping prepare the stories in today's show. And if you're streaming the show from our website, remember that you can have it delivered directly to your device of choice by subscribing to the Hyperchannel show feed or to the Trek FM Complete Master Feed, which contains every episode of every show we do. I'd love to chat with you about the stories today. As I mentioned, if you go to Lowe's, when this hollow room comes to a Lowe's near you, I would love to know what it's like. And also, if you have thoughts on what Rebecca shared about diversity and my thoughts on her message to me as well, please uh, send me a message and let me know what you think. You can find me on Twitter. My username is C Brian Jones. That's the letter C and Brian with a Y. You can find me anywhere in social media under that same username. I'm pretty much everywhere. But Twitter is the platform that I like the most, so that's where I tend to chat. But you can hit me up wherever you are. You can also find the network on Twitter. Our username is TrekFM. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash TrekFM. On Google+, we have a community. Just search G plus communities for Trek.FM and you'll find us. We have forums on our website at Trek.FM slash forums. We also have a contact form, Trek.FM slash contact. Choose to send to a show and choose Hyperchannel. That'll come right over to me by email. And you can even send me a voicemail by looking in the sidebar of the show page, and you'll see a widget there that says send voicemail. And all you need is your microphone. And you can upload it right there from the page. You don't even need to call a phone number. Well, thanks everyone for listening. I'll be back with you tomorrow with some more stories. Hope you're having a great weekend. And until then, go watch some Trek. Trek.